Welcome to On the Journey with Carissa and Friends, part of my journey of faith ministries. I'm Carissa Hardage, and I'm excited to have you join me each week as I chat with friends about the ups and downs of their journeys of faith. You'll become familiar with voices such as Shelley Chandler, Sarah Here, Rebecca Bean, and more. And you will also hear from stories of women who have experienced victories and struggles, but continue to trust God on their journeys. Hebrews 3.13 tells us to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. In other words, we were never meant to do life alone. So join us each week for a little bit of encouragement and for strategies to help each other navigate as we continue on the journey together. Hey guys, welcome back to On the Journey with Carissa and Friends. I am host Carissa Hardage and I am here again with my sweet husband, Matt. And if you've listened to any past recordings, he and I recently recorded together and just shared a little bit about our marriage and our journey. We had celebrated our um, 17th anniversary and just kind of shared a little bit of our background. And as I mentioned in that previous podcast episode, we both have had a journey with our love of God's creation. And my journey has been a little bit different than Matt's because I haven't considered myself just in connection and in tune with nature. I tend to be busy and rushed and jump in from place to place and have spent most of my life kind of walking around distracted with my own thoughts and what in my own agenda and not in a bad way, but just kind of in an unobservant way. And so I haven't really been able to take in what's happening around me in God's creation. And sometimes I've missed the beauty available there. And Matt has been a little bit different. He always, when we're driving in the car, he always sees things. He notices things. I remember when we were in Colorado when uh, with my parents, we were on vacation and we're driving and we're all looking around and but we're talking and all of a sudden Matt says, hey, hey, look up there, look up there. And on the side of the road up the mountain, there was all these rams that were wandering around and they were almost camouflaged that somehow because you are constantly aware of what's going on around you in God's creation, you are able to see things and connect with things that I've missed a lot. And that was just one case where we got to stop and really enjoy and just be in awe of what God has made for us and the beauty that God has made for us. And so this has been a journey for me because I have been trying to be more aware. I've been trying to connect more with nature. I think it's extremely important. And I think it's a thread and that we are wound together since the beginning of time where we are to appreciate and be one and take care of and tend to um, God's creation, but also we can see so much about Him in it. And so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about with you today, Matt, and what your experiences have been and just some cool things that you and I have talked about one-on-one um, just in our past and, and what I know to be true about you. So, so we have talked about our desire to do nature, to talk about nature, 
because we wanted other people to be able to recognize and maybe learn some new things about what God can have for them if they'll just open their eyes and look around. And so the first thing I want to talk about with you is your childhood. So this comes from, your love of outside comes from a very young age, right? It does. Hello, Carissa. Um, it, it just, uh, not to correct you, but to uh, say something, I am not always aware of my surroundings. <laughs> but, but I do tend to notice things in nature, I do. And so you grew up outside. You grew up in a small town in Arkansas, in central Arkansas, and you spent, I mean, it was a different time, let's just be honest. It was a different time. The video games weren't as awesome. We didn't have as much access to things to do inside, but you genuinely enjoyed being outside. Most of your stories that you share with us and with our kids are about you on adventures, walking through the woods or riding your bike or fishing. So you grew up outside. What? Tell me about how that kind of instilled in you a joy of being outside from an early age. Yeah. So I, I did and continue to love going outside, but I did have a video game. I had the first Atari mm-hmm. and we had Pong and I, I was not very good at that, but I was very young. And then we got Nintendo and, um, and my first game, the only reason I'm uh, saying this is our son has this affinity for Mario Brothers, and my first game was Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. So, so random, random fact. Uh, yes, I, I grew up in rural Faulkner County, and uh, up till probably about age nine, eight, nine-ish, the road I lived on was a, a dirt road. Yeah, okay. Uh, a, a, across the street from our house was uh, a hundred-year-old homestead. That was, I believe it, it. I believe it burned slash half fell down um, after I left for college. But the only reason I bring that up is as I'm as you're bringing up these things about nature in my mm-hmm. past. I kind of go go back to that time period in my life. And yes, I, I loved going outside. Mm-hmm. That's how I would cope with my days. Yeah. Is I would every day when I came home from school, I would go outside. And I was supposed to be doing my homework, but I would go outside and I would walk. Yes. And I would process. Mm. And, um, you know, obviously there were other kids in the area. We would play games and football in the yard mm-hmm. and all the things most boys do at that age. But I would um, walk and process and I would lay in the grass a lot and I would look up and I would watch the trees and the wind, and yes, I love nature. And You know what's so funny about that is that one of the main fights of our relationship has been when I'll ask you to do something to help me with the house. I'll say, help me with the house, or help me around the house. And I'll come home, or I'll be home, and you'll be outside. And you'll be walking around outside, or you'll be doing things outside, And for a a long time, that really frustrated me, but I talk a lot about the Enneagram on this podcast, and you're an Enneagram 9, and one thing about Enneagram 9s is they are deeply, deeply connected with nature, Um, almost in the fabric of their personalities. There's something about being outside that helps them feel or process feelings or 
um, like you were saying, it's so interesting to me that even from a child, that was the way that you worked through things was going outside, walking around. What do you think it is about it that helps you? I don't know. So you you asked me to um, join you on this podcast for the second time, and we you know we had this topic of, of nature, and so I've really been processing this, and I um, I've been trying to correlate some scripture with with maybe the way I did certain things, and so I, I did. I just wanted to share this because it's um, it, it's my go to verse. It's the it's the verse um, that it seems God always points me to when I have things in my life that I'm wrestling with or I have doubt about or I'm angry at the world. Um, it's, it's this verse, and it's James 1, 6. And so I'm going to read just a couple of verses if mm-hmm, you, you, sure. you care. Yeah. Um, of course. Um, I love it. All right. So James 1, 6 says, and this is one of my favorite verses, and again, This is, God points me to this verse all the time. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Of course, our dogs start barking. Sorry, y'all, our dogs are barking. As soon as I I say that. Mm -hmm. So, um... I'll get them. Keep going. Okay, so, um... Lola, no! This is our real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, welcome, welcome to our world. Uh, so, the, the and so anyway, as you know, Chris had asked me to come come on the podcast again, and and here's this verse, and it, and it ends with, "For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind." Mm-hmm. And so then I just really I started processing wind. Mm-hmm. I, I just yeah. I don't know, God put yeah. that on me, and um, and then so I'm gonna read another verse that's really. Powerful, I, I guess, um, and uh, h- here in just a second. But then I started thinking just about the concept of wind mm-hmm. because I, I, you know, I brought up a second ago that I would lay on the driveway and I'd watch the trees. And I love when the wind would, you know, I don't know if you've ever just yeah. stared at a tree in the wind and you just kind of see it sway, the yeah. leaves move, and um, and there's just something so powerful of yeah. wind. And then I started thinking about just silly things like. Um, I love being on the front of a boat. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but if you're on the very front of the boat and you can you can position yourself on the boat in such a way that you almost can't see the boat. If you're right up front, maybe you're sitting in a seat and all you're seeing is is the water moving around. Is that around why you, you always get the front seat on the boat? I love the front seat of the boat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's and, funny. and so so if you're on if you're on the front of the boat and it's moving and you just feel that wind, yeah. and, you know, of course you'll feel a little bit of water spray, and it's just such a neat experience, right? And so so then I started rolling, uh, processing all these things with wind, and then I, I obviously I, it brought me back to the scripture God always points me towards, yeah. and then there's this. Um, and, and this is from Mark 439 it's, and he awoke, talking about Jesus, and he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Had you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? 
So it's really powerful. And so there's so again, as I was processing all these things and preparing, then I, I, I there's so many analogies in mm-hmm. it, uh, yeah. of, of wind mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit. Yep. And it was just and real- God speaks to Elijah through the wind. It's a whisper. It was like a whisper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's re- so it's really cool. neat. And it's really powerful. And I'm I'm not saying that's that's my connection is wind outside. It just it's just probably one of the it, many things that yes. wakes you up to yes yeah yeah. Well, everything in the Bible over and over and over, Jesus uses creation as metaphors constantly. He always refers back. I mean. He refers to the grounding of your belief as a rock on the on the um, on the path, or are you fertile in fertile ground, or are you bearing fruit like a like a fruit tree that's being well watered? And he says he is the vine, and that we are the branch. He's constantly you can't separate God from his creation. He's interconnected in all of it and interwoven into all of it. And he's such a master at what he does. That's at why it beautiful. Yes, that that's why I believe, and of course, scriptures affirms this that God screams His existence from mm-hmm. nature. Yeah, people that um, have no access to the Bible, yeah. know there's a Creator. Yeah, because it it, it screams it yeah. right, and um, it's powerful and it's amazing. Well, and even what I love, and I just had this experience. I've got his, God has used nature in pretty incredible ways to build my faith. Mm. Um, I don't know if you remember, but one of the first times that I ever spoke, do you remember the eagle? I know exactly what you're saying, yes. Um, the very first time I ever spoke, and this is before I started my reconnecting with nature journey. Can um, I tell this story? Yes, please, yes. Because okay. this, <laughs> this was an insane experience for both of us. yes. Uh, apologies, I just moved the chair. Um, yeah, so Car- Carissa was about to go speak for the first time. And Carissa was wrestling with doubt. Mm-hmm. Can, can, should I, should I, A, should I be doing this? You know, B, should, if I do this, am I going to fail? It's all so those scared. things. It's all those things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's um, it was the start of, of your ministry. And so, anyway, I I, told- I I definitely needed, I kept asking for affirmation. And a lot of the times I was asking you, um, is it, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right yes. thing? Yeah. So, anyway, she is about to go to this event. And I said, okay, well, let's go outside and we'll just go outside and pray. And so we go outside, and her her vehicle is parked in the driveway, not in the garage, in the driveway. Uh, so obviously, it, it was not covered, mm-hmm. and so you could see the sky. And we're sitting there, and we um, I can't remember. Did we already pray, or were we about to pray? I think we had prayed. I think we had prayed too. I think we had prayed. So because we were hugging to say goodbye. Yes, I was getting that in was the car it. to leave. That was it. That was it. So so. We, we prayed for, that's right, that's right. So we prayed for, you know, um, uh, prayed to encourage Carissa, uh, prayed for strength, prayed for wisdom, um, prayed to remove all fear. And so we were sitting there and, I mean, almost out of eyesight. So crazy. We see something flying towards us. Mm-hmm. 
And it's getting closer and closer. I don't even know why we looked up into the sky like that. Um, that's that's so very crazy. true. I, I hadn't thought of that. And so this thing is flying. And I, um, and I commented to Carissa that, wow, that's big. Whenever it's flying towards us, it's mm-hmm. large. Well, it was an eagle. A bald it was eagle. A bald eagle. And this bald eagle flew. Again, it was way out of, barely in sight flew directly over us, circled us. Circled our house that's in the middle of like a, a neighborhood in Benton. Yes. I mean, there's just like a, a yes. houses galore. There yes. wasn't trees. Yeah. And so it, it circled us three to four times yeah. and then flew back. Yeah. The exact the way, way, it came. way it came. It was the... And our neighbor was outside and was like, did you just see what just happened? He happened <laughs> to walk outside and we couldn't even talk. Yeah, it was it, it was an amazing experience. I've never uh, had any it, it, as far as as something that particular. Yeah. With it, it, I mean, God ans- was answering a prayer. Yeah. That was that was neat. Since then, too, I believe that God gave us what our your mother and my mother in law sweetly calls a, mm-hmm. a special delight, and and she <laughs> really looks out for those. She's it's really precious because she loves outside like you and loves. Looking and taking pictures and appreciating, yeah, not being outside necessarily, but she loves watching nature, and she looks intentionally for special delights from God, and because those are significant to her, Mm -hmm. and in in hard times, she she has seen blue herons in joyful times. She's seen a blue heron. I mean, it just it's kind of a marker for her journey, and for me, that experience and and. I just can't, I cannot talk myself out of believing that God sent that just for me to affirm that He was there, that He was in control, that I was strong, Mm -hmm. and I was strong because of what He was doing in me. And I haven't really looked back since then because that was just the the exact thing that I needed to move and to trust. Mm -hmm. And it was just a precious little affirmation between God and I. Well, peace. And you got to be there and yeah. watch it. And so what did it do for you? I've never asked you that. Uh, well, it, it absolutely affirmed what you were doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to support you no matter what you yeah. do. Um, so has, have you ever had another encounter that has been significant between you and God where he's just kind of awed you or showed himself to you in a really neat way there there's nothing that's been that specific um especially at the start of a, a journey for you and mm-hmm. i both because everything we do it, i mean involves both of us mm-hmm. regardless if you're on stage or i'm speaking or if it's a, it's a professional thing for me whatever it is it, we're a team but no uh, you, you know you you had asked about being young and what it meant to me to be outside and it still it, it, it still is and then we talked on the last podcast I'm, I'm not a huge hunter I, I do mm-hmm. hunt occasionally yeah. I, I, um, I, I, I don't want to get in the weeds on just random things yeah. you, and bring me back if I, if I do because I have a tendency mm-hmm. to do that Chris so. uh, but um, yes I, I, I only hunt a few times a year and I had this should I share this hunting? Why I even started hunting again? Sure, if you does want it, to. Does it matter? Okay. Uh, this so is your conversation, okay. your story. <laughs> no, so so I love being outside, and and I do um, 
uh, obviously love nature because that's why I like being outside. But I, I had to, I was wrestling with this, um, uh, you know, I, I, I hunted when I was young and I'd hunt, hunted birds and, um, you know, whether it be duck hunting or uh, there used to be quail in Arkansas and I used to hunt quail and that was really, that was a lot of fun. And then I've been dove hunting and so anyway, these this bird type hunting and I'd, I'd hunted deer a couple of times, but I, it, like most people, I do feel bad when I shoot yeah. a deer and, um, and you know, or at least most people have a little bit of mm-hmm. sympathy yeah. or empathy for the deer because it is it is kind of a sad situation because they're so beautiful. But but it, at the same time, it's it's the experience and it's the meat. And anyway, so so I was eating steak mm-hmm. and um, I I had this thought: How am I going to eat this steak? But I wouldn't be willing to go and you know take meat from the land, i.e. A, a deer, and process it myself. Mm-hmm. Why? So I kind of made a point to go out deer hunting again, kind of mm-hmm. a se- second time in my life that I kind of started doing that again. Just just to, uh, I was either going to quit meat altogether. Yeah. Um, I mean, I probably couldn't do that. But in my mind, I was going to quit meat or I was going to deer hunt. That's yeah. kind of thing. So I, so I went back deer hunting. So long story short, I do deer hunt. And that's the, pretty much the first deer I see, I'll, I'll shoot. And then, um, of course, I process it all myself. I bought a grinder and all that stuff. So... Um, How does that connect you to God's creation? Um, as far as taking the life of a deer, yeah, because uh, there's the people. I mean, there are people who are wrestling with that. Who wrestle with taking, you know, with hunting, and I mean, we're in the South, so it's not as much of a struggle to come to terms. Most people hunt in the South. But what would you say to people who think, well, how can you love nature and love God's creation the way that you do and the way that I know you do and be a hunter? Well, I, I, I do. And so people would get mad at me. Well, not get mad at me if there's any guys listening to this. But I do, I do have issue with people that go and just kill a deer for sport. For sport. And yeah. they or do anything. anything with the meat yeah. or anything. Because it is God's creation. Yeah. But... Uh, but God created this planet and all the animals in them, including us, and we're all interwoven together. Yeah. And I, I, I do feel a spiritual connection with God providing food for us because yeah. I, 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 just like that eagle, um, with our experience, and it might not be as as um, as spiritually connected as that mm-hmm. situation was. I do think God provides food for us in, in mm-hmm. situations and and I think and deer hunting can be that duck hunting can be mm-hmm. so can a lot of other hunting yeah. if it's done correctly mm-hmm. but, yes I agree and you know I'll have to say that one thing that nature does um, very powerfully is reflects suffering I think that a lot of people um, mm, avoid suffering, point. and a lot of people who are Christians believe that once you become a believer, why would God cause suffering? Why would God cause me to go through this if it brings me so much suffering? But what nature shows us, and what Jesus showed us himself, but what nature shows us is that suffering is is a part of living in a world that's not eternity. It's not heaven. It's not... Um, perfect. It's it's just a part of being a created 
being or a created entity or part of creation is suffering happens. And one thing that I think creation shows is how beauty comes from it, how beauty comes from death, how beauty can come from, and and beauty can be multiplication, it can be provision, it can be life-saving, it can be whatever. But I remember not too long ago when we moved here, um, and this is a personal example of my own suffering and, and the beauty that I got to see by nature, but we see it in trees dying in the fall. We see it, I mean, there is suffering in nature all across the board. It's the circle of life. It's suffering, right? It's just part of it. But I remember, I don't know if you remember that night where my stomach was hurting so, so badly and I couldn't sleep and I have really bad um, stomach problems and I have for years and it just causes me a lot of pain. And I woke up in the night and I couldn't sleep and I was just in excruciating pain. And I stood up to go and walk around and our back window, our back master bedroom has um, wall-to-wall windows. And I looked outside and our whole backyard is woods. Basically, there's it's cleared and then there's woods. And I looked outside and it was a crystal clear night and there were stars all over the sky. And I looked up to the stars. Um, I just, I don't even know if it was just the process of standing up, but I looked up to the stars and I saw a couple of falling stars. And as I was following the star that fell down, I looked onto the back of our tree, our property line, and there were thousands and thousands and thousands of lightning bugs. It looked like twinkling Christmas lights all across our entire backyard. And I was like breathless. I mean, I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. And I even woke you up and I was like, Matt, you've got to look at this. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. And apparently it's normal because you were like, yeah, that's nighttime. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd never seen anything. (laughs) I'd never seen anything like it. And for a minute, the beauty and the over, I mean, so the magnitude of what I was looking at stopped me from focusing on what was hurting and allowed me for a minute to remember what I was a part of and just how incredibly beautiful things can be. And beauty and suffering is something, or taking beauty from suffering is something that God is a master at. Just yeah. a master. And, you know, <laughs> this makes me, think of all, makes me think of all sorts of things, but, you know, life's hard. Yeah. Um, but... Ironically, um, a lot of people are homesteading. A lot of people, yes. you see all this oh, yeah. stuff, you read all your this fa- stuff. One of your favorite shows is a homesteading Oh, show. yeah, I like homesteading. <laughs> um, but a lot of people are choosing to live a more simplistic yes. lifestyle. They're, yeah. they're, um, they're, you, you, they're, there's all sorts of terms for different types of farming, but people are getting, you know, whether it be two to three acres and they're trying to maximize the full space of that. And, you know, you'll grow, you'll have fruit in this area, vegetables mm-hmm. in this area. Yeah. They'll have compost. They'll just be doing all these little creative things. And and it's hard. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. And people are choosing to go to that lifestyle. You have to give up a lot, too. Yeah. You do. Absolutely. And, and then you think about society today, how... I mean, I'm on Twitter, and it's it's just hate. It's, it's hate brutal. thrown out. Yep. And it doesn't matter what political party or ideology that you stand for. It's just spewing yeah. out. 
And I really think a lot of it is because of this bubble people are living in, this uh, this new world um, that, you know, we don't go outside anymore. Yeah. We don't see um, life and death yeah. as it is in nature. Like it's supposed to be. Right. We, yeah. Everything is through a lens of safety and it's through a lens of technology. Yeah. And... We don't we don't have to worry about where our food comes from because we get it at the grocery store. We yeah. don't worry about uh, being too hot or being too cold or yeah. any of those things. And so it's it's interesting that you're you're seeing more and more people choose to go back that way. I, I think there is a a connection people are I trying agree. to get to nature to God, and it's it's really fascinating. To see, I know here yeah. on on our little place, and we have about three acres. It's not huge, but it's on it's a it's on the edge of nowhere. Yeah, you know, there's been bears sighted not too far mm-hmm. from us, and there's you know coyotes, yeah. and there's bo- a bobcat that's trying to get our little outdoor cat, and so yeah. I'm sure it'll get him eventually. I hope not. He's, his name's Julio, um, <laughs> but it, it's you know I've I've even tried to incorporate more, yeah. you know, m- more of this. That type of lifestyle. Right. I've, we've started using a mill. There's a sawmill, and anytime a tree will fall, we'll take that saw. I'll take those that the actual logs to a sawmill mm-hmm. to have planks and stuff for other projects. So it's just all these neat things that are going on. It and does something for. I, I can tell you, it does something that nothing else can. You know, just being out here and intentionally spending time outside and doing my quiet time outside and paying attention. We have water that runs beside our house, and we can talk about the significance of that um, another time. But it has healed me in ways that I didn't know needed to be healed and has woken up parts of me that I didn't know needed to be awakened. And all of it is spiritual. Whether I put a, a label, a Bible label or a scripture label or you know, anything like that at, on it in, at all, it is a soul healing and a soul recovery that I didn't even know I needed. Yeah. Can I ask, like, the people if they would do one thing? Sure. We're about to wrap up anyway, so okay. this is your call to action, this, friends. This is, well, I always have a call to action in my, um, in my professional life. Uh, yeah, so James 1.6. Mm-hmm. So if you get a chance this week... Or next week, or whenever, whenever you can, go to James one six. Find your quiet place outside. Yeah. Um, maybe even wait for the wind to be blowing a little yeah. bit. It, 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 it might enhance the experience. But anyway, that, that's it's not it's not just about that. But read James one six. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it one one more time. Uh, but he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the ones who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. And just close your eyes, mm. read it, close your eyes, feel the wind, and kind of experience God's grace through nature. And let faith replace any doubts that are plaguing you. Feel it. It's tangible. It becomes tangible. Thank you, honey. I appreciate you coming and having this conversation. I've been wanting to have it for a long time. And thank you for encouraging me and helping me to um, kind of find this new part of me, this new love. And guys, as as always, thank you for listening to our podcast today. And please make sure that you are encouraging one another daily as long as it's called today, as we talked about 
on this episode. We need it. We need it. So I hope you all have a great week and we'll see you next time.